This morning, um, we're going to continue in our series called My Part. Um, I'm excited because it's kind of it's kind of cool because I'll go through these seasons where I'll, I'll preach a series and God is like literally downloading it like day by day as I go. So now for like the next couple of weeks, I already know exactly where we're going to share from and what we're going to share. But today I want to take our attention to Isaiah chapter number 55, verse number eight. Let's go to that real quick. Isaiah chapter number 55, verse number eight. Last week, we talked about um, not moving until you consult with them. You know, we, we talked about before you just start doing stuff, you have to make sure that the stuff that you're doing is the, is the stuff that he's ordained, because if not, uh, you can find yourself in a worse situation than you were when you started. All right. So we, we, we challenge you guys to go get some vessels. We challenge you guys to make sure that you believe God for everything that he has the capacity to do. And so today I want to take you to Isaiah 55 and 8, familiar passage of scripture. It says this, it says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. <laughs> I'm going to read it again. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways declares the Lord. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. And so when we look at this passage of scripture and we start to think about the context of our series that we're in and we think about our part or doing my part and, and we're kind of jabbed in the stomach by hearing him say these words that um, his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. It, it, it begs us to make sure that we do an effort of getting in line with him so that our ways are his ways and our thoughts are his thoughts. Because I just believe that if we do those types of things, then the things that God has promised us will be the things that we see manifest in our lives. Amen. Uh, do we have anybody that's not that's honest enough to testify that they did some stuff that wasn't what God wanted them to do and the outcome was catastrophic? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so my goal this morning is to challenge you to make sure that the ways that you're doing, the things that you're doing are the things that God wants you to do, because I just believe that God, he'll honor his word. He'll, he'll, he'll honor his word. And he, he says, I've come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. So I just believe that if we're going to have the abundant life that God is talking about, then it behooves us to find out what his ways are and what his thoughts are. So this morning, I, I, I want to talk about um, I, I want to keep going in this series, but I, I, I want to talk about what about when the instructions are strained? What what about when the instructions are strained? What about when, when, when I'm committed to God and I say, God, I'm going to do my part, but the instructions that he gives me, they don't make sense. What am I going to do then? Am I going to make a conscious effort to, to put aside my level of understanding, my thought process for God's thought process, or am I going to sit back and I'm going to forfeit? All because what I'm looking at, it seems to be strange. I remember growing up at, at, at uh, Rock Grove, Amy Zion, and then at Cedar Grove Baptist, there was a hymn, and there was a line in this particular hymn. It says, oh, what uh, peace we often forfeit. And so when it talks about what peace we often forfeit, it tells us that there was a peace that we we're supposed to have, but we did something to give it away. 
And so if God said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly, then that means that if we don't have the abundant life that God has for us or that he's promised us, then maybe, just maybe, just maybe some of the things that we've done hasn't been his ways or his thoughts. And for some of us, it's because when he told us certain things, it didn't make sense. And so we said, that, that doesn't make sense, so I'm not doing it. Yeah. So so what I want to do is I want to walk through the Bible. I want to talk about a couple uh, passages of scripture, a couple stories where these people, they, they, they heard some crazy instructions, but yet they stayed the course. And so my, my prayer is that you may be sitting here right now and you may be thinking about something that God has called you to do. And it seems strange. But my, my prayer is that you will walk with God and you will stay the course. You, you won't throw in the towel because it doesn't seem normal. You won't throw in the towel because what God is calling you to is not like what somebody else is doing. And so that's what we want to dig into. How many of you guys remember this, this show that used to come on called Fear Factor? Anybody remember that show? That, it, it was a cool show, but then it was crazy. I saw Alice kind of look kind of weird. Because you, you remember the, the goal of Fear Factor was to make it to the end so that you could win the prize. And so the prize was was often some substantial amount of money. But in order to get to the money, some of you have to get up on a crane and you have to uh, get blindfolded and just kind of fall off the ledge and do a bungee jump. And you don't know what's down there. But because the desire for the money was so great, you were willing to do it. And for some of them, they, they had to get in coffins and they would put these night crawlers in there and they, they would cover them up and they would have to stay in there a certain amount of time. And if they tapped on the hood, they would get out and then they would forfeit the money. Or, or maybe they would they would have to be on the back of a boat and the boat would be flying and they would have to jump off it to try to land on this landing. And it, it would be weird. But yet there were some people that wanted the money so bad that it didn't matter what the fear factor was. Because what they wanted was so substantial, what they wanted, it carried so much weight that they were willing to do whatever it cost. Whatever it took, they were willing to do it because they wanted it just that bad. And so my question this morning is, what is it that you want from God so bad that he's given you some crazy instructions to get to, but you've gotten strange, you got scared in the process of it, and then just forfeited it? Yeah. So some of you guys are looking kind of strange, and so I'll say it this way. You, you, you maybe the, the person who has mistreated you, God is wanting to bless you, but 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 you don't want to have anything to do with this person. You don't want to even want to pray for him. But then first Corinthians 10 and 13 says that we have to pray without ceasing. We 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 have to make sure that we move forward. You know, we talk about the love chapter. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love keeps no record of wrongdoing. And so God is saying you got to continue to love this person. But because you're remembering what they did to you. You, you don't want to pray for him. And so therefore, God is like, yo, I have something for you. But you don't want to pray. Or, or maybe God is saying, you know, I, I want to bless you, but you hate your job so much. And, and, and you're like, I want to quit. I want to quit. I want to quit. But God is saying, listen, I need you to go to work early because he did this to me. And I won't tell you where I was working at because they may be watching my live stream. But that. <laughs> we, we, we had this issue at work and, it, and my wife would tell you I, I would come home every day. I would be like, man, this, you know, I want to quit. You know, I want to quit. But being responsible, I knew I had a responsibility to take care of my family. So I'm, I'm trying to work this out. I'm trying to bargain, Chris. I'm like, OK, God. <laughs> I'm like, God, maybe maybe we can we can work something out. I, 
I can quit and I can do this for a little bit. And, you, you know, if you help me and God's like, no, I'm not signing off on it. And so I kept praying and I kept praying and all, all the while I was praying, I, I remember the scripture that says, pray for those who despitefully use you. And I'm, I'm like, God, but, 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 but it, it doesn't seem right. And I remember specifically that morning I was on my way to, oh, I almost said the state, the city I was working in. <laughs> but I was on my way to work and, and, and I remember I had some oil in my car and God said, okay, there's nobody here. I need you to go up there and I need you to anoint the entire office. God, can't I just quit? No, 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 no. I need you to go and anoint the entire office. But God, this is strange. God, can't you just fix it? God's like, no, I need you to do your part. I, I, I need you to do something no matter how, how, how strange it may seem. I need you to do it. You know, there's been relationships that people have had and people are like, can't j- just forget about them. And God's like, no, I need you to, I need you to stay the course. I need you to stay the course. But, but, but you hear your mother and you hear your sisters and you hear other siblings. This person is no good for you. But you know that God has a purpose in this relationship. But you're saying, God, I, I, I want to throw in the towel. But, but God, you're wanting me to hold on. And so you're receiving these strange information. My mother-in-law is here, so I want to put, on, I put my wife on the spot last week. So I put my mother-in-law on the spot. I, I remember when I first um, had laid eyes on my wife. My sister-in-law is here, too, so she's going to testify if you say I'm telling the story. But I remember I, I had this thing for my wife, and I'm like, man, this girl is amazing. She's beautiful. Um, she's everything I've ever wanted in a girlfriend. And I remember I, I finally got her to give me a chance. And then I went to meet her mom, and her mom was kind of like, um... <laughs> him. Yeah, him. But 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 at that moment, their, her her thoughts weren't God's thoughts. <laughs> and, and, and so luckily, 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 luckily she prayed and she realized that it, I wasn't as bad as I looked. And, and, and so it worked out for the good. All right. So 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 I'm talking about what happens. What happens when you get weird instructions? What happens when you get weird instruction? When we look at the Bible, I, I, I remember when God sat Adam in the garden and he said, I, I, I need you to name everything that I bring before you. Now think about this. He's getting ready to name things that he's never seen. How much sense does that make? None whatsoever. But yet to this day, an elephant is still an elephant. Now that sounds simple, but watch me show you the revelation of that passage. When you're obedient to the instructions that God gives you, no matter how strange they are, they yield lasting results. When you're obedient to the instructions, no matter how strange they are, they yield lasting results. Now my wife and I, we're celebrating 20 years of being together and like 15, 16 years of being married. Because it was strange for a mother to give her daughter to somebody that she didn't feel comfortable with at that moment because she had limited information. That should have helped you just now. Because you have limited information about a situation, don't allow that to be the thing that cancels out what God is telling you to do. 
if, if, if God has called you to do it, it doesn't matter how much information you have about it. God's word is final. The Bible says that the grass withers, the flower faded, but it's the word of God that stands forever. So no matter how strange it is, you got to stay the course. Strange results, strange instructions yield lasting results. I'm remembered of Abraham when, when Abraham was told to sacrifice his son um, on the mountaintop. Now, now think about this for a minute. If God owns a cattle on a thousand hills, why, why couldn't he just say, well, Adam, there's a, uh, Abraham, there's an orphan over here that nobody really cares about. Just go grab him and sacrifice him. Nobody's going to miss him. But yet he said, no, I want you to take your son. I want you to take your son. But, but, but can't I go get a, a, a bull or a goat or, or something like that? And say, no, I need you to go get your son. I need you to go what and get what's valuable to you. Think about all the mothers in here. How many of you would be willing to just go sacrifice your child? You wouldn't do it. So as a result, that was so strange. It was an instruction that was so strange that it must have meant that God had something in store because it went against the nature of what you really desired. So let's watch what happens. He tell Abraham, I, I need you to go up there and. And, and sacrifice your son. And as he laid him on the altar and he strapped him up and he pulled his arm back, there was a ram in the thicket. There was a ram in the thicket. Pastor D, what, what does that mean? What it means is this. Even if the instructions are strange, it means that God has provision and God has a plan. Okay, y'all missed it. It means that God has provision and God has a plan. And the last time I checked, he doesn't have to run his plan and pass any of us. <laughs> because he's still God. Until the end of the time, he's still going to be God. So even if you don't see what the plan looks like, or even if it seems like there's no way out, if it seems strange, God is just putting you in position to show you that he has a plan and he has provision. But you have to be obedient to the instructions, no matter how strange they may seem. You know, I'm picking on different people. Kim and Rodney, they sent their son off to join the Navy. Man, shouldn't we send the, you know, um, the counterman's oldest son, Trey, the big strong one? You know, he, he can survive that kind of stuff, right? But you talk about my, my, my little old son to go and do this. Yeah. And she told me he went through the gas chamber twice because he's in charge of two groups. And so he had to do it with each one of his groups. So it doesn't matter what it looks like. God has a plan. And he has provision for you. And so now he'll go through this process. And if God has his way, he'll use him in the military in such a way that he'll be a shining light and example of who Jesus Christ is. So instructions are strange. I'm not sending my, can't he just go to college and get a degree and just get a normal job like a normal person? Why do you want to go do that? Amen. <laughs> it's because God has a plan. And even if the instructions are strange, you got to trust them. You got to trust them. Mothers, you, you, you have to cut the string. You can't hold on to them forever. You got to trust that God has a plan for them. And if they're obedient to the will of God, then God's plan is going to prevail and his provision is going to meet them when it needs to meet them. And they're going to be able to exceed even your expectation. Abraham was sitting there and his son was able to walk down the mountainside. 
all because God had a plan and he had a provision. This is one that was kind of weird. It, it was kind of strange as I was studying it this week. It, it talked about Joshua at the walls of Jericho. Y'all know the story. The, the, the city was fortified. They didn't have a battering ram. They didn't have certain uh, weapons to try to overtake the city. And so then God started giving these strange instructions. He told him, he said, uh, what I want you to do is I, 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 I've given you Jericho. Now think about this. How many times has God told you that he's going to do something for you, but you don't see how he's going to make it come to pass? You've heard a word. You've come to church on a Sunday and the pastor has spoken and it seemed like nobody was in the room, but you heard him say it's going to be OK. And you leave out of here and you're like, OK, God, I felt like you were talking to me. But I don't see how you're going to do it. God, I felt like. When Pastor Kevin told me it was going to work itself out, I, I really felt like you were talking to me, God. But when I went home, I, I, I still hadn't gotten a new job yet. My, my, my kids are, you know, they're, they're going crazy. But, but you're telling me that it, it's going to be OK. But, but God, I don't see it. Think about Joshua. He's sitting there and there's a city that's fortified and he opens up and he first says, listen, I've given Jericho in your hand with, watch this, with its kings and its mighty men of valor. So he's saying, I'm, a, I'm giving you something. What I'm giving you is yours. And I know it makes no sense for you to think that it's going to happen. Because when you look at everything that's telling you that it shouldn't happen or it can't happen, it's right there staring you in the face. But how many of you know that God's word prevails? You can go through your life with just one word from God. You, you don't need God to have to speak to you every single day. Well, wow, it's great. But if you can hold on to one word that God is giving you, you can weather any kind of storm. Because God is a God that he can't lie. And the scripture goes on to say that he's the son of man. He, 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 can't, he doesn't have to repent. So if God has said he's going to do it, y'all, guess what? He's going to do it. He's going to do it. You just got to trust him. You got to trust him. So, so Jericho, he, he said, I know they have a great king and I know they have some strong men, but, but I'm going to give you the city and this is the way we're going to do it. You, you're going to march around the city. All of the men of war, uh, they're, they're, they're going around the city at once. You're going to do this for six days. Then you're going to get seven priests and, and the priest shall bear seven trumpets, horns, and uh, before the ark and then the seventh day, you, you, you're going to march around the city seven times and then the priests are going to blow the horns. And, and, and when they make the long blast, uh, you'll hear the sound of the trumpet and then all the people are going to shout and, and, and then all the walls are going to fall down. What in the world? <laughs> Let me make sure I got this straight. So they got a king. They got some mighty men. And you're telling me the way that we're going to defeat them is by walking around the walls every day. Then on the seventh day, we're going to walk seven times and then seven priests are going to they're going to carry horns and they're going to blow the horns. And after they blow the horns, everybody's going to shout. And after everybody shout, the walls going to fall down. Got to be out your mind. 
can't we just like conquer some some smaller groups and and, and steal their weapons and then and then then conquer another group that may have a battering ram and then conquer another group that that may have some stronger men and can't we build this thing up and and, and then go do it? God said, No, I'm going to do it and not you. There's some of you right now, God has given you a storm to say, listen, you're going to come through this storm. I, I, I know your heart is broken. I know you feel like nobody cares, but you're going to come through it, and you're going to come through it with flying colors. But then you look back at God and say, God, there's no way in the world my heart hurts too much. He says, you're not going to do it. I'm going to do it. So I got a question for you. How many of us haven't received what God has for us because we've been too busy trying to do it. He, he, he told you that, yeah, I, I know you lost your brother. I know you lost your grandmother. I know, you know, you lost your child. I, I know your child has ran away and you're crying for him every night. But, but, but I'll bring all those things back to pass. You're not going to do it. I'm going to do it. So you got to trust him that no matter how strange this thing may seem, God is an amazing God. He's able to do, watch this, exceedingly, abundantly, above, watch this, all we can ask or even think. So even when we can't think of how it's going to happen, he can think above that. And because he can think above that, he can do more than that. But you got to trust him. The walls came down. So you say, Pastor, well, well, what does that have to do with he when, when, when Joshua uh, yielded to these strange instructions? What happened was God showed that persistence matters. You have to stay persistent as you're doing the things that God has called you to. You can't throw in the towel because it didn't happen after the first day. You, you can't throw in the towel because it didn't happen after the fifth day. You have to stay persistent because as you're persistent, you're showing God that I trust you. Yeah, that's why when you I, I did a thousand applications and nobody's calling. Well, do a thousand and one. Because as you keep going, you're showing God, God, I trust you. I, I don't know when this thing is going to happen, but I trust you. God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I trust you. But the moment you stop, you say, my persistence is over, so therefore my faith and my trust in what God wants to do stops as well. I got a couple more, and we're going to get out of here. Ezekiel was told, I, I need you to go and preach to this valley of dry bones. Hold up. Not somebody sick in the hospital. Not somebody just kind of going through something. But you want me to go preach to some dry bones. Yeah. Go preach to them. And as Ezekiel went and he started preaching to the dry bones, they says that a wind came. Anybody ever felt the wind of God? You, you, you've been through it, going through something. And you just felt like an overwhelming presence just come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was preaching to the dry bones, and as he preached the word to the dry bones, then God came in and did his part. Yeah, yeah. It came alive. You know, it's an old song that says his knee bone connected to his, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> dry bones. So Ezekiel showed this. He showed that there's power in your voice when you use it. Don't think that somebody is so far gone that you stop preaching and teaching the word of God to them. 
Ain't no hope. They're gone. No, no. Keep praying. Keep trusting. Because if dry bones could come back together, they're not that far gone. Moses was told to take his stick and put it at water. And the water opened up. Yeah. Gideon was told that uh, with 35,000 men that uh, the Midianites, that that he was going to beat them with only 300 men. And he was told that he was going to beat them with a pitcher. Watch this. A pitcher, a lamp, and a horn. You mean to tell me I'm going to beat an army (laughs) with a pitcher, a ladder, and a horn? God said, yeah. Yep. Yep. That's more than enough. If you trust me and you're obedient to what I'm calling you to do, I'll take care of the rest. Your part, guys, I got one that I'm going to close with, but your part is so vital to you getting what God has promised you that when you leave out of here, your prayer for the next seven days should simply be, God, show me everything that you want me to do. And my prayer for you then is, God, allow them to have the courage to do everything you've called them to do. Because some of the things that God has called you to do, it's hard. It's strained. But yet it's still God that's in the midst of it. So as you're obedient to it, as you yield to it, then you will be able to see what God has promised you from it. I'll I'll close with this one last. There was a conversation up in heaven. And there's three guys hanging out. One was called the father, one was called the son, and... One was called the Holy Spirit. And the father spoke to the son. He said, listen, so I need you to go down there because Pastor D messed up. And I need you to walk through this life to show people that if they keep their eyes focused on you, that that they can make it. And then I'm going to have some people accuse you of some stuff that I know you didn't do. They're going to accuse you. They're going to rip your robe and they're going to cast lots for it. They're going to hang you on a cross. They're going to mock you. They're going to put a crown of thorns on your head. They're going to piss you in the side. They're going to do all these things. And then we're going to find a a borrowed tomb and we're going to put you in this tomb. We're going to put a stone in front of it that no man should be able to move by himself. But then in three days, I'm going to lift you back up again. Now, this, this, is a, this is a conversation that's going on up there. And I believe the son probably looked at the father and said, man, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about going down here with them, doing that, and, and I'm going to die, and I'm going to go into the tomb, and I'm going to get back up. And, and then he looked at the Holy Spirit and said, but now I got a, I, I got a job for you, too. I'm going to send you so that when I, I bring my son back, you're going to remain and you're going to be with him for all time. And, and you're going to never leave him nor forsake you. So this is go, this, this is the plan. All right. Put your hand in. Ready? Break. <laughs> you know, the son probably looked over at the, uh, you know, the, the, the Holy Spirit and said, man, this dude has lost his mind. But think about the obedience. Think about the blessings that came from the father talking to his son and then his son being obedient. I'm going to let that sit in, sink in for a minute. Think about what came as a result of the son being obedient. 
and said, even though this sounds crazy, I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to do it. I'm going to come down 42 generations. We're going to make this thing happen. I'm going to get back up. I'm going to return back to heaven. And because I've done everything that you called me to, everybody that believes on the name of the Lord, they're going to be saved. Now, that's strange to me, y'all. But yet, because he was obedient. The Bible says that Jesus was obedient all the way unto death. How many of us are willing to be obedient? Unto death, no matter how crazy the instructions we may receive in the process are. How many of us are willing to say, God, I'll be obedient all the way through every storm, every trial, every tribulation that you've laid before me unto death? Or are you going to allow certain things to cause you to say, I'm tapping out? Because you remember I opened up with the story about fear factor. There was a part in fear factor that when it became overwhelming for you, you could tap out. There was a part that if you were sitting inside of that glass thing and the night crawlers and the scorpions and all those things were kind of moving around on top of you, there was a part that when your anxiety got the best of you, you could tap on the side of it and they'll pull you out. But the only thing was when they pulled you out, you forfeited the prize. So I want to tell you, do your part. No matter how strange your instructions may be. I remember, and, and one of the things that I love about Kevin is his, the way he thinks is amazing. I remember he challenged us. He said, you know, God has called us to love not only the molested, but also the molester. It's that kind of thinking that will allow you to receive everything that God has for you. Not placing limitations on what God has instructed you to do. Because when you can remove all of those restrictions, all of those things that stop you from moving forward, then God can move and God can do exactly what God wants to do. So I want to pray for everybody that's here. As I said, there's two things that we want to pray for. We want to pray for those that are watching by way of live stream as well. I want to pray that your prayer is, let's do it this way. As I'm praying, I want you to be praying, God, show me everything that you want me to do. That, that's what I want you to pray. I, I want you to pray, God, show me everything that you want me to do. And as you're praying that prayer, pray it in your own way, however you feel led to pray. But I want you to pray that, and I want you to pray it earnestly. Don't just say, God, show me what you want me to do. But you know certain situations that you've been troubled by. Father, show me what you want me to do concerning my job situation. Father, show me what you want me to do concerning my finances. Father, show me what you want me to do concerning my relationship. Father, show you know all of those things. Ask God to show you what he wants you to do in all of those circumstances. And as you're praying that prayer, I'm going to be praying, God, give them the courage to do what they need to do. Some of you, he may tell you, yeah, you need to throw the towel in, but you're thinking about the comfort of not throwing in the towel. And it's scary, but God is saying, do it. And so you make it personal. This is a time of ministry for us to have this moment where God can speak to you as I pray over you. And I believe that as we leave out of this place today, that God is gonna show you what you need to do, and my prayer will be in alignment with you that you will have the courage to do what you need to do. Let's pray. Go ahead, guys.
Father, we thank you that you're an amazing God. Father, we thank you that you're omnipresent. You're all-knowing. God, you know the plan that you have for everyone under the sound of my voice. For your word says in Jeremiah 29 and 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, declare the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you, but to give you hope in the future. And Father, right now, there are some that are under the sound of my voice that's here on location and even by way of live stream. They haven't had hope in a the future. They've had depression and anxiety. And some of them, they have those things because they're at a crossroad trying to figure out what it is that they need to do. So, Father, today, August the 4th, you predestined for them to ask you for those instructions. And, Father, we know that some of their instructions are going to be hard. Father, we know that some of their instructions are going to be challenging. Father, we know that some of their instructions are going to be strange. And God, we know that some won't respond unless they have the courage. And so, Father, my prayer is that you said in your word of two or three touch and agree. Whatsoever it is that they desire, it shall be so. So, Father, I'm reaching out to them. I'm reaching out to heaven. Give them courage, God. Give them courage to do what needs to be done. Give them courage, God, to weather the storm. Father, we walked through your word today and you've shown us that in countless situations, when your people followed your instructions, you did your part. So God, allow them to be reminded of these stories as they begin to do what you've called them to do, that they don't get weary, they don't be afraid, because your word says that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and a sound mind. So God allows us to weather the storm and do what you've called us to do. For us in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray and we ask it all. Amen.